This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A brutal and terrifying act occurred in Toronto, Canada, when Alec Manashian drove his car into a crowd of pedestrians on the sidewalk, killing 10 people and injuring more than 15 others. Manashian's actions caused shock and outrage in the international community and media. Manashian's status, 25, was written just minutes before the pedestrian accident in the early afternoon of March 23. Incel uprising has begun. We will flip. Defeat the Chads and the Stacys. We all salute the Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. The name Elliot Roger mentioned in the above status line is the person responsible for the massacre in Isla Vesta, California, USA in 2014 that we mentioned before. The case has raised questions about the state of mind and crime in Canada, and especially about perpetrators who do not have any reason or motive to commit such atrocious and barbaric acts. So, this is one of the most horrific cases in Canadian history, evoking fear and anxiety for everyone's safety, and requires the courage and determination of the entire community to face the challenges. This difficulty. Join us to discover the private life and motives behind this barbaric crime of Minastian, one of the active members of incel anti-women groups. We are heading back to Canada, namely to the lovely city of Toronto, which regularly competes with Melbourne for the title of most livable city in the world. Residents of Toronto have access to a vast quantity of opportunities in the city. And did you know that the city of Toronto is home to nearly 10 million trees, which is more than the whole population of the city? There are around 6.5 million people that have chosen to make this location their permanent residence. And despite the fact that it has one of the most rapidly expanding populations in all of North America, in the 1990s there were only about 4.5 million people living there and two of those people were the Manastians. Sana Manastian and her husband, Vey Manastian, bought a home on Elmsey Drive in Richmond Hill, which is located to the north of Toronto's downtown area. Sona was employed by Computin, an information technology service company, whereas VAR held the position of senior manager of software development at Rogers. At this point in their life, the pair had great financial success because to their collaborative efforts. Alek Manashian was the name of one of Sona and Varhi's two boys, who were both named after Alek Manashian. On November 3, 1992, Alek was brought into the world. When Alek was a kid, he lived in a very secure and pleasant environment. Even though he was brought up in an apparently pleasant environment in the furthest reaches of Toronto's suburbs, it appeared that he ran across some difficulties along the road. Alec was characterized as a child who had difficulty maintaining eye contact, and he looked to demand additional care and attention from his parents. This was a consensus among the neighborhood's residents, 
Alec went to the 16th Avenue Public School when he was a kid. The school was only a few blocks away from his house. Helpmate is a social service community organization that provides assistance to children and young adults who have a variety of special requirements. He would volunteer his afternoons there. Alec was labeled as an awkward guy by his classmates when he was in high school. Those who were close to him saw that he exhibited bodily dicks, and he was known to frequently engage in unpredictable outbursts and temper tantrums. During the classes, he would twitch and squirm, tap his head, hug his arms over his body, meow like a cat, spit on himself, and occasionally repeat the words, I'm afraid of girls. And due to the fact that he was reserved, sensitive, and often agitated, he was an easy target for bullying at school. As a result, his other students finally gave him the moniker Chewbacca. Alec received the first computer he had ever asked his parents for when he was 15 years old. This was something that Alec had been wanting for a very long time. And beginning at this moment forward, Alec would never longer venture outside. Instead, he would use every free moment he had to play video games for hours on end. He would stay up late into the school evenings playing Halo, which he did with an unhealthy level of obsession. After receiving his diploma from Thornley High School, he planned to continue his education at Seneca College, which is situated in North York and is within walking distance of the core of Toronto. And since he wanted to follow in the footsteps of his parents, he naturally felt obliged to work in the information technology field. So he earned a certificate in computer programming. Because of how well he did in his classes, he was finally given the opportunity to work as a research assistant at Seneca Center for Development as he continued his studies there. Sadly, this deal was only available for a limited time. Only a few short months later, he handed in his performance. In the end, he decided to supplement his income by working part-time as a quality assurance developer for Two Good Financial Systems, a Richmond Hill-based company that specializes in investing software. However, after working there for a total of six months, he was terminated for reasons that remain unknown. After that, he secured a position with OMAS, a pension fund business, although only on a temporary basis. However, once he had finished his placement, he was never extended an invitation to work there full-time by the company. Throughout the years, Alec had a lot of help from teachers' aides in addition to the support that he received from his parents. Of course, he appeared to put forth a lot of effort and have a level head. But for some reason, things never seemed to go his way, even though he worked hard. I mean, it's true that he had a lot of potential in the classroom, but he was also quite awkward to be around. In retrospect, his peculiar personality could be plainly recognized even in the project assignments that he had documented for himself. Oh, hi. It's great to have you there. These incredible new glass phones made by Just-In-Time Flowers Industries are what I'm using right now. They made it possible for me to use both my headphones and sunglasses without compromising my comfort. Whoa, you've got yourself a really sweet pair of spectacles there. Okay, I appreciate it.
I have recently obtained them. They are extremely user-friendly and handy. How exactly do they function? After turning them on and connecting them to your phone, all you have to do is start playing your music on them. It's not hard at all. Whoa, that is just awesome. Could I give it a shot? Of course. Alec made his first move out from his parents' house for the very first time in the beginning of September 2017, when he was 24 years old. They had actually urged him to sign up for military service, and as a result, he decided to leave Seneca College just one semester before he was scheduled to finish his seven-year degree program there. After successfully completing the admission exam for the Canadian Armed Forces, Alec reported for his first day of training at a military base in Quebec immediately after receiving the news that he had been accepted. He was identified as recruit number C-23-24-9161. However, Alec's training did not go as well as he had hoped. It took just a few short days before it became abundantly clear that he was the weakest link in his squad. It soon became apparent to the other recruits surrounding him that he was unable to successfully perform the fundamental holding drills. Both time and his mental state appeared to be irrelevant to him. By the end of the first week, other recruits in Alex's unit were talking about him behind his back. And by the end of the second week, he was receiving significant assistance merely to fulfill the expectations that had been set for him. After being sent to the infirmary and receiving a diagnosis of strep throat during the third week, Alec was consigned to his room for the subsequent three days in order to rest and recover from the illness. This was the ultimate blow to his experience in the armed forces, as Alec formally asked to be dismissed after just 16 days of training. This was the final blow to his experience in the armed forces. Disappointed and furious, Alec made his way back to the house he shared with his family on Almsy Drive. He did this because he felt it was necessary for him to reconnect with his origins. Later on in the year 2017, he made his way back to Seneca College in order to finish up his official education. Alec made more attempts to get friendly with his new classmates but he was unable to attract any favorable attention to himself in the process. It didn't look like anyone was interested. He would frequently cut people off in the middle of a discussion or seem aloof whenever someone asked him questions, despite the fact that he was a very polite and business-like student, and as a result, his contributions to projects were highly respected. Even though he wasn't very good at interacting with other people, he was very good at his role as a responsible member of the group. However, it seems that somewhere between the end of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, Alex's conduct started to shift in a noticeable way. When he interacted with other people, rage and dissatisfaction began to gradually emerge, despite the fact that he had previously been submissive and vacuous. This occurred in March of 2018 when Alec got into a fight in one of his courses. The following month, in April, after graduating, he wrote a message to his class stating, Finally finished college. Fuck you all, and good riddance. Over the following several days, classmates who were worried about Alec messaged him, but despite their best efforts to get in touch with him, he never responded to their messages. 
And this is why it is essential to see the case of Elliot Roger first, since, much like Elliot, Alec had a troubled history to begin with. Hey, Elliot Roger here. Elliot Roger was still living in the year 2013 when this article was written. He continued to post often on bodybuilding forums in addition to a variety of other subreddits dedicated to the incel community. Incels are members of a subculture that exists online and consists of people who self-identify as being unable to find a love or sexual partner while having the desire to do so. And while there are people who live in cells who are content and at peace with themselves, the common perception of incels is that they are angry, disgruntled, and isolated persons. Elliot Roger did not deviate from this overarching pattern in any way. Not only did he give off the impression of being furious towards pretty much everybody he didn't know, but he was also annoying, arrogant, and at times downright comical. However, the jeering that surrounded Elliot was suddenly put to rest at one point. Because on May 23, 2014, Elliot Roger uploaded a 141-page manifesto to relatives and friends on the internet before he tragically killed six other people. We know this. And Elliot Sachs, which were deeply depraved, also had a gloomy twist to the consequences they brought about. After the murders that Elliot committed, some participants in online intel forums hailed him as a hero proclaimed him to be the king of the incels, and even called him the ultimate gentleman. It is unknown exactly when Alec Manastian started participating in the intel community. But, by the end of 2013, while Elliot Roger was still alive and blogging, Alec was also an incel. The month of January 2014 saw the beginning of Alec Manastian and Elliot Roger's friendship. They began communicating with one another after discovering each other on an incel subreddit. According to reports, the two discovered that they shared quite a few similarities and as a result, maintained frequent communication with one another. Elliot and Alec never, ever truly encountered one another in the real world. Despite this, they were able to forge a strong connection as a result of it a friendship that would last until May 20th, 2014. On that very last day, Elliot reached out to Alec to tell him that he needed to go and that he was embarking on a very important mission, one that may very well result in his not making it back to Alec alive. And to cut a long story short, the Islavista massacre took place just four days after this communication. Elliot's life came to an end, but Alex did not at that moment. He resumed his education at Seneca College, and despite the fact that he was doing so, he did not stop frequenting the several online and cell communities that he had joined. It is said that he was an active participant in 4chan's R9K forum, which is yet another incel group. However, due to the poor amount of moderating that exists here at 4chan's, the debate tends to be quite rude, insulting, and even violent at times. We are aware that throughout the course of the following several years, beginning from this moment on, Alec's academic performance would fluctuate. He would fail at various jobs, he would fail at the army, and he would fail at establishing friends. Additionally, 
He would continue to participate actively on the R9K forum as well as a variety of other online incel forums. And when Alex's lot in life got ever more precarious in the world, the level of his rage did nothing but intensify. Develop a wicked frame of mind. Evil ideas that would finally take over his head and consume it. And then a wicked scheme would materialize as a result of those terrible ideas. On the 23rd of April in 2017, Alec went to a neighboring truck rental business that was located 16 kilometers away from his family's house. After he arrived, he immediately requested that a truck be rented so that his furnishings could be moved out of the residence. Alec passed the background check with flying colors, and as a result, he was given permission to rent. He left the building with the keys to one of their vans, but because to his naivete, he had no knowledge how to operate the vehicle. After she had departed, he approached one of the sales representatives and requested that they demonstrate to him how to change the gear shift on the van. After that, Alex was left by himself in the van for nearly 20 minutes. However, at that very moment, a brand new Facebook post appeared on his page. The following private recruit from the Menashian Infantry, 0010, wished to talk to the sergeant for Shantley's. He submitted the message. C2324-9161. The uprising of the informants has already begun. All of the Chads and Stacys are going to be overthrown by us. Hail to the gentlemen of the highest order, Elliot Roger. In spite of the fact that his message was obscure, it was abundantly evident that something was terribly wrong. And right at that time, Alec let go of the handbrake on the truck, and he raced out from the parking lot of the rental business. He was going to run toes in the downtown area and was getting there immediately. And even if it wasn't immediately clear what he intended to do, it was clear that the outcome would not be positive under any circumstances. After making his way to the most northern point of Young Street, a Kiartery street running south through the city, he mounted the curb of the busy street just before Finch Avenue. This was done after he had made his way across the city. People on the street reacted to their growing fear by running away from the vehicle, which had become potentially dangerous. However, those who were heading in the opposite direction had little prospect of survival. After Flooring's car through the block, Alec avalanched his pickup through the sidewalk with the force of an avalanche. His pickup was seen on camera driving recklessly past the North York Crow's garden. As he proceeded to travel south, more and more terrified people were ducking out of the way of his path. Both a surveillance camera on a bus that was on duty and a resident of the neighborhood who was using their phone recorded images of the van as it drove by Mel Larsman Square. After that, Alec continued to shoot through a crossroads despite the presence of other vehicles. Once more, he was observed climbing up onto the pavement. Copkin Lamb was the first cop to arrive at the scene of the rampage that Alec was committing. At exactly 1.29 in the afternoon, a swarm of phone calls began rolling in. Ken was the first cop to discover him, 
Despite the fact that police had been told to be on the watch for a vehicle around Young Street and near Beecroft Road, he went around in his police cruiser and blocked Alex's truck with it. But Alex halted himself well before they ever reached each other. Already, his car was having trouble negotiating the turns. When Ken suddenly emerged from his police cruiser, innocent people who were still in their cars stared in terror. Gun, gun pulled at Alec. As soon as Alec pulled back, it gave the impression that the two were getting ready to engage in a firefight with gunfire. But there was something about Ken that didn't feel quite right. The pistol that Alec was carrying was one of a kind in a very specific way. After that, there was just a brief standoff, but thankfully there was no firing. After that, Alec made an attempt to scare the officer by putting his pistol away and then pulling it again. However, by this time, Ken had already figured out that what he thought was a pistol was actually Alec's wallet. Just before Ken was about to resurface and start luring Alec out into the open, he reached into his car and grabbed his baton from the trunk. In response to Ken Lamb's enticement, Alec followed him out onto the street. Ken was not oblivious to the situation. As soon as the suspect was in plain view, he lowered his gun, pulled his baton, and switched his posture on the situation so that it was now firmly going towards Alec. The power change was successful. After taking a step back, Alec hurriedly discarded his wallet and raised his arms to signal his intention to submit. And as a direct result of Ken's lightning-fast ability to make decisions, Alec was captured. The intel's reign of terror was finally brought to an end, and there was not a single bullet fired in the process. After responding to the call, he was taken into custody by the police about 20 minutes later. And just a few minutes after the incident, a Facebook post written by Alex began to spread across France and then across the internet. It was very quickly established by the Department of National Defense that the military ID in question belonged to Alec as well. The atrocities committed by Alec Manastian would become known to the rest of the world in a piecemeal fashion as the city of Toronto experienced periodic waves of terror and instability. And sadly, within a short period of time after trying, police officers would find that the lives of 10 innocent citizens had been taken. Alec Manastian would be formally charged with 10 counts of murder the very following day when the investigation was completed. And in the end, 16 counts of attempted murder would be brought against him as well. However, before the official accusations could be brought against him, he would have to go through the preliminary interrogation. And as if Alec's behavior wasn't already peculiar enough on its own, his words would be much more peculiar. What a lot. How are you doing right now? Good. Are you feeling all right? Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Thomas. I need your help, Alec, in comprehending this matter. My rank within the trial police is that of senior detective. I have done a small bit of reading, and as a result, I have some knowledge on involuntarily. Oh yes, the famous. There be a celebrity, right? What exactly does it mean to be celibate without having made the decision to do so? 
That indicates that celibacy refers to a person who never engages in sexual activity or has a sexual encounter. Involuntary celebrity status indicates that you did not make this choice on your own. You have effectively been placed in a state of actual forced solitude, and despite this, you are unable to lose your virginity. When did you sign up for 4chan for the first time? 2014. 2014. When exactly do you need it? In 2014. May 23, 2014. How did you manage to keep that in your memory? Because I can clearly recall that being a day of great importance. Okay. What exactly did you say? At that point, Elliot Roger made the decision to engage in what was effectively an insurrection, or a beta rebellion, if you will, against the Chads and the Stacys. So then, please walk me through this motion. What exactly is the point of this movement? It's simply a movement of furious incels like myself, who are frustrated with the status quo, unable to find a partner. As a result, we want to topple the chats, which would result in the Stacys being compelled to procreate with the incels. Right? Okay. But what about the typical people? Yes, we don't necessarily want to murder the normies but we do want to enslave them in order to make them understand that our kind, the incels or the peppy the frog types, are the ones that are the more superior ones. So you're saying the same things that I am, then. I am unfamiliar with this. Sorry. He's hiding his face behind a mask. Unfortunately, he is a worship pretty regularly. This is extremely unfortunate. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Have you ever used these phones to carry on a conversation? I genuinely did it. The truth of the issue is that I did. Who was the first person you spoke to in the conversation? Permit me to inquire of you. Elliot. Elliot. After reading one of his postings, we started communicating with each other over Reddit's private messaging system. And all we did was converse about each other, get to know one another, and agree that we found the other person to be rather fascinating. We shared the same feelings of helplessness in the face of society. When was the most recent time you spoke to? Him. May 20. May 20. So, tell me, what did he say to you? He informed me that he is going to have to leave. It is necessary for him to go on this mission because it is really vital, and there is a chance that he will not return alive. I, I had a vague notion of what he was about to do, but at the moment, I refused to entertain the possibility that it was actually going to happen. As a result, I responded by wishing the person success and offering my best wishes. Okay, okay, then walk me through the steps involved in that procedure. When you were carrying all of this out, what exactly was going on in your head? And what were you contemplating at the time? What exactly was going on there? I couldn't help but reflect on the fact that it was high time that I confronted Chad and Stacy. Okay. Because of how significant it is, I'm going to ask you this question. Today, 10 persons lost their lives in this area. 15 persons suffered life-threatening injuries. 
it is essential, in my opinion, to inquire about your viewpoint on the matter. It seems to me that I was successful in completing my objective. Do you sense that you have been successful in achieving your goal? Yes. Okay. What would you say to the relatives of those persons who were killed and injured if they were in this room at this very moment? To tell you the truth, I have no idea what I would say. Along the same lines as Elliot Roger, Alec Manastian received support and praise from a significant number of incels inside their respective online groups, which is yet another disturbing aspect of this case. In point of fact, some people even went so far as to call him Saint Alec. But the city of Toronto itself was in a state of tremendous misery, which stood in sharp contrast to the incel festivities. Sadly, it was discovered that eight of the ten victims were females, a fact that oddly fit in too well with Alec's plan, despite the fact that it seemed like it should not have. As a result, his own parents, who had been watching the news when they found out about the tragic incident, were also suffering. They were a very quiet but loving couple, and now they would both have to confront the icy reality that one of their very own sons was a murderer. The murderer was their very own son. Almost immediately, their home was designated as a site in the inquiry, and the media would document the police's every movement within the house in great detail. And continuing to go forward, both Sun and Var were forced to sell their property and go on without ever looking back. After just two months, they both had the impression that the home in which they had raised their own kid was no longer a secure environment for them. The trial of Alec Manastian, which was previously slated to begin on February 10, 2020, was forced to be postponed as a result of the pandemic. It was first scheduled to take place on March 2, but that date was ultimately pushed out to April 6, and then it was postponed once again until November. But when it came time for Alec to stand trial, his defense maintained that he was incapable of making reasonable decisions owing to the fact that he was diagnosed on the artistic spectrum. His attorney stated at the time of the van attack that Alec's mental illness prevented him from developing empathy, and as a result, he was unable to understand when he was acting immorally or unethically. The prosecution, on the other hand, would vehemently disagree with this assertion and assert that the defendant's condition did not drive him to do the act of violence. Because of the epidemic, the trial would last for six weeks, and all of the proceedings would take place over video conference. In addition, Alec has entered a not guilty plea to the 10 charges of murder in the first degree and the 16 counts of attempted murder. However, his insistence on his innocence was to no use, as on March 3, 2021, Alec was formally found guilty on all charges of first-degree murder and attempted murder. The entire judgment was broadcast live on YouTube. However, because of the consequences of the epidemic, his official punishment has not yet been planned. Furthermore, because the relatives of the victims want to deliver their impact statements to Alec in person, it is doubtful that this will take place before the end of 2022. Alec Manastian was responsible for the deaths of 10 innocent individuals in the aftermath of his damage. In all of his years, 
He had never come across even a single one of them before. One of the horrible aspects of this case is the fact that he didn't give a damn about any of the specifics. And there was a wide range of differences amongst the people that were slain. These individuals represented a wide range of ages and stages in their lives. They ranged from young adults to senior citizens. People in all of these professions, including nutritionists, account executives, salesmen, financial analysts, and cooks, are going about their day completely oblivious to the impending doom that awaits them. And every one of them would be leaving behind their own bereaved family as well as a large number of friends who would be devastated. After the attack on April 23, 2018, numerous prominent figures conveyed their love and support to the victims of the attack as well as their families. As a memorial began that night in Olive Square Park, which is located just across the road from where Alex Van first climbed the curb. Moving ahead, various crowdsourcing efforts were established up in order to raise donations for the families of those who were killed. In their honor, the hashtag Toronto Strong was used on social media, and a decision was made to create a permanent monument. Over four million Canadian dollars will have been donated to the families by the end of the year 2020, and ideas are still in the works for a memorial that will last forever. As for Alec Manastian, given that he was been found guilty of all of the allegations against him and that his sentence is scheduled to take place later on in 2019, it is quite improbable that he will ever again spend even a single day as a free man because he was determined to be mentally competent while engaging in behaviors that were as fundamentally brutal, it is highly doubtful that he would receive a sentence that is less severe than what he deserves. There was no specific personal motivation for any of the victims involved in this crime. It was one that was merely carried out with the intention of inciting further hatred, fear, and separation. It was a desperate continuation from an individual who was already deeply alienated. Alec Manastian is an incel like Elliot Roger, who the world will recognize, laugh at, and then forget about in a short amount of time. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning into our coverage of this heinous crime. If you found it interesting or if it sent shivers down your spine, Please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel for more updates on this and other cases. The allegations against Alec Manastian are truly chilling. It's hard to fathom how someone could commit such a brutal and senseless act, plowing a van into innocent pedestrians and leaving a trail of death and destruction in his wake. If you have any thoughts or theories about what might have motivated Manastian to commit this atrocity, please share them in the comments section below. We're eager to hear your ideas, no matter how disturbing they might be. In the meantime, we must all remain vigilant and watch out for one another. We never know when the next monster might strike, and it's up to us to protect ourselves and those around us. Until next time, farewell.